Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris Casby, and this is Chris Burrows, and this is Daniel Sale, and this is our buddy JJ Griffin. What's up, buddy? How's it going? And this is Scrubland. Hey, guys. Did you miss us? Hold your applause. I, I, I hope that people are applauding their computer whenever they oh, hit play. Yeah. I, if you guys are driving a vehicle, please don't applaud. Don't applaud. No. You can just bad. you can just scream. Well, I posted on Facebook. I was like, "Hey, in case you guys were wondering, number thirty three is up." Yeah. And like people actually were like, "Yeah, I'm yeah." Like, what? <laughs> I didn't think anyone would respond to that. They Kathy love loves, us. Kathy loves feeling loved. <laughs> it's true. I love being loved. Aw. Aw. Shucks. Need, so what are we talking about today? Uh, I don't know. There's the, uh, the rundown. I don't know. There's a Star City <laughs> event in Atlanta. The rundown which is which we probably uh, should have gone to. It's not that far. Wow, <laughs> yeah, it's far enough. But yeah, but the rundown is we're going to talk about some of the popular Jace decks because they're all Jace decks. Um, <laughs> the best decks are Jace decks. Yeah, there's some decks in here that aren't Jace decks. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I see some persecutors in there. There are some persecutors. <laughs> uh, that was probably a deck registration error. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, it's the same converted monocost. So you right, know, obviously. Right. Uh, we're going to talk about Grand Prix Dallas. We're going to talk about view, uh, the listener requests, uh, and we're going to have a short discussion about preordain. Short discussion Again. is relative. <laughs> I, I have a feeling like there's going to be a heated discussion. Heat, about yeah, it's, like, heated could, it's, it's, it's going to circle. It's going to center around preordain. But yeah. I think we're we going to talk, talk about, about various. Blade. We're going to talk about various card choices that the various control decks are making. All right, and what we think about. Them. Then let's jump. Let's jump in. Let's right. let's talk about this Cobblade. This Cobblade deck I've been hearing about. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this thing. We're not really sure what it is. It's just been everywhere. It's pretty good. If you live in rock. it's what I hear. That Squadron Hawks and Stoneforge Mystics and Jaces are all kinds of card advantage written yeah. all over them. So, so okay. So there's three different kinds of Call Blade. There's blue, white, blue, white, black, and blue, red. And blue, red is kind of falling off the map, and we don't really want to talk about it because it sucks. No, it's the truth. <laughs> it, it's the truth. It's not a very good deck. No, it's just soccer top eight with it last week. I well, who was, okay, was and it? and then this week not a single one was even close because AJ Soccer wasn't there. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, well said. Well was said. was it? I was either Chapin or Kibler who was like, you know what? While blue white and blue black are fighting over like which is the first, best version of the decks, maybe blue white red is positioned to like come in and just like ah, look well, at me, remember me? But I I doubt it. Yeah, the thing is, there's uh, this is the time for the resurgence of Valakid. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that the blue-white-red versions are a week-to-week basis of if you actually want to pull the trigger and run it. And uh, I don't like the cards in it. They just they seem inferior to other options you could be playing. Mm-hmm. Like so, so the things that the red deck is using are Lightning Bolt and Cutting Spark Mage. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does it have any other cards in red? Inferno, Inferno Titan. Inferno Titan. How, like one? One. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really good. And sometimes, just, sometimes, basically, you I just, always hate casting an Inferno Titan. Well, well yeah. like if people, if if the meta is shifted towards like everyone has Grave Titan, Inferno is actually not the best. It's true, yeah, but no one has Grave Titan. So, uh, did you see Barcelona's results last week? All right. Did you see the number of Grave Titans? Fair have enough. you played Magic Online lately? I well, definitely haven't done that. <clears throat> the thing with all right, I guess we'll just start attacking it now. Um, <laughs> there was a, kind of just this conventional wisdom that blue black control just couldn't beat. Chicago. Right. And Guillaume Wafatapa being like the control genius that he is was just like What? Yeah. Well there there was like, a- he's just like they're beating me with equipped sword, like equipped one-one creatures. Like how that slow doesn't is this? even make sense. <laughs> like why would that even like why would anyone like shuffle up their cards? Someone play a turn two squadron hack and they're like, what the fuck? I can't win. Yeah. Like, and, like right. obviously it's just like you're a control player and like there's no way I'm going to get beat by a 1-1 flyer. Fuck it. Like, right. I, I refuse to lose to a 1-1 flyer. Okay. So, J.J. So Griffin, talk to me about playing... Uh, where? Tell Just, like, give me a rundown of how this deck is so overtly powerful. Like, tell me, like, your favorite things to do in the deck. And, like, why why you win so much. Yeah, and tell us about Nailer Royal. <laughs> All right, so, uh, I mean, everyone already knows this, but, like, every card is, like, a two-for-one or replaces itself, which, apparently, in Magic, like, that type of thing is really Infinite powerful. Infinite two-for-ones? Yeah. Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, Just, it's... It's fish, and it's fish in a format where there's no mid-range to keep it under control. Right. Because Valakut just, like, just stomps the shit out of all these mid-range decks and keeps them from really becoming too popular. And then you all, all you have is control and, like, basically, I mean, Valakut is, the call it 
combo is a little weird because like my definition of combo is something like Dragon Storm, but okay, it's, it's definitely combo. It's close enough. It's synergy. It's, it's combo it's, in the new magic, but yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember when uh, I was searching through old cards like Proxion or whatever? Yeah. Uh, I found the card that I guess Squadhawk is based off of, which is like Seafaring Hawk or something retarded. Yeah. Where you play it and you have to spend another. It's like one to white. For a, I think it's a 2-2. Two two. Mm-hmm. And then you have to spend another one and a white to search your deck to go find another one. Right. Yeah. That seems fair. That like seems that, That's like, fair. oh, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm getting another one. Like, Squad Hawk is just busted. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, he just makes that guy look like an idiot. Doo-doo. That's, that's power yeah. creep. I mean, it happens. Uh, but, like, is uh, I'm not going to say Squad Hawk is unfair, but, wow, it's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Successful yeah. bird call. Like, that's what, it, that's what it's been called, right? right? Mm-hmm. Is this is this ancestral birds? And wow, yeah, I'm just impressed. I'm, I'm always impressed. So like you you combined it with Stoneforge Mystic, which goes to get sort of feast and famine, sort of body might. Yeah, right. or but, technically even and, even Silvac Lifestaff. Well, yeah. some, okay, so we used to see Silvac Lifestaff, and now we're seeing Mortar Pod, right? Right, right. As as the other. Like uh, anti bird tech. I mean, I, I understand the power behind the card. I just I can't like the, what's the problem with Silver Lives to have a mortar pod is I just I can't bring myself to like sack your birds. To, no, just to play <laughs> them. To play it like I mean, yeah. The problem is really just sacking birds. Like unless you have like Elspeth, I'm just like it just right, it feels bad. I'll, I'll go toss my you know just I'll just I'll you sack the animate get and hawk. sack him. Yeah, that seems, that seems pretty strong. Good play, good play. It's like, well, I knew he drew the Gideon. He's gonna play it for you know, just kill mine. I guess I should just get rid of mine. If, yeah. the, if they're at seven, <laughs> I'll think about it. As Absolutely. for life staff, I just I feel like uh, I mean it was in Edgar Flores' list that won it at the Open this weekend. But I just feel like uh, so many of the the burn Bernie style decks are trying to kill your dude in response to equip, kill your right. dude in response to your equip, time walk you, time walk you, time right. walk you. Right. That. Silver so, like, Staff doesn't quite do the same thing. Whereas before, all the red decks and like beatdown decks were like swinging if I do, swinging if I do, swinging yeah. if I do. Now it's like I'm going to burn your guy out. I'm going to burn your guy yeah. out. And Which so, is why Stagger Shock is so strong, right? Yeah, now. and this Life Staff just loses a lot of its oomph there, you know. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the things that beat it, or at least the way that it's shaped the metagame. I, I think that like you you saw the Cunning Spark Mages for a little while, and. Those have been good and bad in in different lists. Uh, Tumble Magnet is what everybody stumbled upon as the real answer, as the real three mana answer. It's the reason why you don't have to be red anymore. Right? So what Valakut's playing now? Yeah, let's talk about Valakut. Or sorry, let's talk about Tumble Magnet in the meta. Like Tumble Magnet is just really good because it stops equip dudes, and it also uh, when you have a deck that's kind of shaped, especially in the blue white version, where you're kind of shaped around like beating a primeval titan. Like there's so many times when in playtesting where I've just been like, okay, primeval titan. And I get two Valakits, and they're like, hey, you tumble magnet your dude for three turns and double tech edge your Valakits. And you're like, oh, well, I did nothing. And, and now you, I'm down two Valakits, and my end game is looking real slim right. now. And you, you use three of my turns to beat my ass for a while. So is it – a lot of these Squad Hawk decks are going to two black green sword and zero blue green sword. Right. Is that – do we like that? Like, like the, the black green one has a more powerful effect. Right. And – have, I, I don't know. Having protection from blue seems really, really good when the meta is all Jace and is all Jaces. Yeah. Well, and, I think uh, interesting to remember uh, would if you you side in a uh, Firewalker and you equip that with a sword of green blue, he's pro rug. Again, yeah, rug <clears throat> rug just you you get that online. They're just like scoop. I can't beat that. Well, like we've you seen win. that with good both job. The, <laughs> yeah. We've seen that with both the paladins too, the black one, the white one, where you just you strap one of the swords on. They have pro like three or four colors, yeah. and I don't so, like that's better than yeah, that's yeah, champion. But yeah, yeah. yeah. on uh, on Moto last night, I had feast and famine and body of mine on a Phyrexian Crusader. My friend, my opponent's just like uh, nice six six pro all colors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a pro genesis baby. <laughs> <laughs> the two turn clock. Protection from everything. Um, as far as the blue, I mean, Chapin said in an article, he was just like, you know what? As long as we're playing one good sword and one bad sword, we should just play two good swords. That way, if something happens to the first one, we still have a backup. One. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that means I mean, there. I, I feel like depending on your matchup, one is arguably better than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like you were saying, I like the fact that you can make more dudes, yeah. so you can be aggressive mm-hmm. and still. Put up a defense against the aggro decks. Yeah, sometimes you're in this position where you're like, also, like, it has happened sometimes, particularly with the weird variations or people are like cutting counters and adding all this weird junk. Right. Where you get these weird hands, you're just like, well, 
this hand doesn't really have anything I want to cast after I untap, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't really have, or like, or you're like, like, I don't have really counters, and you know, you yeah. can't. It's harder to telegraph them when your opponents have inquisitions, which are all over the place now, right. particularly on Moto. You're just like, you know what? I gotta go to the beat down. I'll just mill your deck out in three turns and make wolves in the meantime to jump block. Yeah. Like sometimes you get in these awkward races of that deck, and I just, I, I mean, like it's having fish, man. Yeah. Well, that's what. I so that's why I think that the blue white black versions are it, uh, supposedly the superior version. It's the one that shows up the most right now. In like I know that I know that blue white won this last week. They mm-hmm. they well, I think find it out pretty well. I'll yeah, tell you that. I, I guess the the reasoning why anyone would want to play blue white control over the Esper deck is that it has a better game against Valakut, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, they've got tech edges and blue white black. Even though like they've got a higher concentration of cards that you feel like would be better, like you're really just afraid of counter spells in that deck. So Inquisition kind of just hits one of your ramp spells, and you're like, ha, I've got three. Right. And you're just like, yeah, it just, and I just feel like the blue-eye control just has a lot more card advantage, I guess. Yeah. And the blue-black is playing a lot more one-for-ones and, like, which, you know, arguably, I guess, you know, good or bad, I don't know. Mostly, I mean, it's, it's just pretty good. Most of the arguments I've seen have actually been about just the mana base. Like, the reason why people were like, the blue-eye version has a good game against the blue-eye-black version is because the tech edges, like, one, sometimes the Esper version just gets these weird, like, lands in player. Like, I can't cast Jace on turn four like I want to, you know? Right. Really? And then also, it, it does happen. I, I mean, I've never I've never played against a blue-white ver- blue version of Cobblade, like, on Moto that's aggressively tried to hamper, like, my mana development. I've never seen one that's... Jace only costs four. They can't tech edge you off stuff unless they're spreading. No, your like sometimes you don't have the. Like, don't, sometimes like, you don't have the double. Like, you don't have the your mana fixing is the best. No, well no, it is, but it, at the same time you're like turn one C Chrome Coast. Yeah. Turn two, you know. Turn one C Chrome Coast. Pre- hang on. Turn one C Chrome Coast. Preordain. Uh, sorry, if, like yeah. like if you preordain in any of the first three turns, you should be able to set your mana up in a way that doesn't well, screw you. Interestingly enough, there's you might be doing an something wrong on I think Star City today. Um, that was saying you don't. I mean, it's it's been a thing for as, since everyone started pre- playing preordain. You just usually don't want to preordain on turn one, right? Yeah, because yeah. you don't know what you need. Unless your mana is super awkward, and you know you can't cast your Jace on turn four. Wait, sometimes that wait, said, like you just end up with weird situations where you're like, I have a plane, a swamp, and a sea chrome coast in play, and I have this celestial colonnade. The real problem is the real problem is that deck just it wants to play a, the the blue white black version the Esper version it wants to play a bunch of aggro lands so they can do things like dark slick or preordain or spell pierce on turn one plus they'll be able to drop a seachrome coast or something and mystic or hawk on turn two and just sometimes like when you're running seven to eight aggro lands in your deck sometimes you're like tarpit turn one marsh flats planes and you have seven lands in your deck that are going to come into play tapped from then on, no matter what you do. Right. And, and that's, a, that's, awkward, that's a sacrifice you're willing to make, though. Like, this deck, uh, let's see, Charles Gindy here was playing four Tar Pits and zero Celestial Colonnades? Yeah, no one plays Celestial Nobody Colonnades. Nobody plays Colonnades? Not in the Esper version. version. No. Really? Right. Nope. Oh, Why would you? It's cheaper. To, it's cheaper. I don't know, because it's value? It's no, worse no. than... It's a lot tar cheaper pit. to activate Tar Pit, which is really relevant when you're strapping swords to them. Yeah. And he, they just killed Jace's. Okay. And fish is all about tempo, and you don't. The worst thing you want to do with that deck, you don't want to out tempo yourself, which is really the point I was talking about with the turn four Jace thing. Is like you don't want too many come into play tap lands because then you're like, now I can't cast my Gideon on turn five, and I can't yeah. use my mana the way I want to before combat. Right. I will say the other thing that blue white straight up has going for it is that as a two color deck, you get to run four. Uh, tectonic edges right and four four tech edges is just awesome yeah because it it allows you that extra flexibility to Mm -hmm. to mess with other people well Mm -hmm. serrani was he did an interview at the last open series and he was like i just can't imagine ever playing a deck in standard that didn't play with four tectonic edge right and that's i mean that's (laughs) i was like Mm -hmm. yeah i kind of agree i mean (laughs) but even even when i was playing blue red counter burn which which had horrendous mana i was still i was like oh well i (laughs) I still gotta fit these two tectonic i'm like i will go to extreme lengths to get these four tectonic edges in here what do i have to do i'll play eight terramorphic expanses (laughs) we need the tectonic edges yeah yeah i don't know like it was an unsolvable type situation that deck had to die uh whoever was looking for blue red uh, advice if blue red counter burn was some kind of viable option right now. If you can make your mana work, then more power to you. But uh, I told you ways to fix it. I, there are ways to fix it. Yeah, it might be viable. It's a it's a deck that I liked for a long time. But you know what? It 
it has some issues. Yeah. It doesn't have the best mana. It's hard. Available. It's hard for you to do a turn three slag storm into a turn four Jace. Right? It, it is. Yeah. Um, which was it's yeah, awesome the deck if you can. Itself, yeah. Yeah. If you can do that, it's amazing. It's the best. It's the best deck in the room. But yeah. the number of times where that works out is pretty low. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, do you guys have more thoughts on this? Caw Blade Menace. Well, we're gonna. I think we're gonna segue into the control card choice. Oh, you want to yeah. talk about sleightofhand.com? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Um, so I've been a pretty vocal opponent of Preordain um, uh, because I just I, I play more traditional control. I haven't sleeved up a Caw Go um, in in real Magic. Uh, you know, I play with some goofy ones online, but. Um, Basically, I'm a control player, and I just I don't think that a one-one flyer as a finisher is is good. No, what's like, the, what's like the... I said, the, the the weakest finisher I've ever played with is a rainbow free. Right, whoa, and pretty strong. That's you know Going old school on us. I yeah. mean, I've played with some Cortisars. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like yeah. Seagate Oracle isn't even good now. No, and he's he, like no. he's like Cortisar in, in some ways. Cortisar is a lot better than Seagate Oracle though. Uh, sure, but like it it. If you're looking for the replacement, they gave it to us. It's still not good enough. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I mean, uh, you know, just from my viewpoint, like a one-one creature, you know, although it draws three of its buddies with it, and it's like, oh, well, now there's just four one-one creatures. Right. God. It's awful. And even that can be good. It's I, the, like, it's okay, the card sometimes advantage. it just like I'll drop all these like this. Like, that's why it's good against kind of against like blue black. It's just like I'll drop all these squadron. I'll drop like three squadron hawks in the play. So I come in for like a lightning bolt every turn. And you're like I'll day them. Like I'll monoleak it. Oh, hmm. Well, okay, I mean that's well. it's just a different deck then. You're you're playing like this weird beatdown deck it, that, it, that's relying on really, these one one flyers. Um, and it's a great. It's it's really good. Right. It's just not traditional control. I just think that the phrase like relying on I mean with Cobblade, yes, but with the Cogo, like the original like control deck, like he only had four slots taken up by the by the Squadron Hawks. He still had spreading seas and the full complement of counters and everything else. He was right, just, but like, in the original Cogo version he was just they were they were more blocked they were they it was more of a, a weird He was trying to fight you blue play, black. You play you play the weird depending on who your opponent is. Yeah. A lot of times they were just sitting there untapped. Yeah. And, you know, when they weren't doing anything, that's when you sent them in. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um, that being said, um, you know, me playing blue-white control, like, I, I just like playing expensive value cards. You know, mm -hmm. like cards that are just, you know, they cost a little bit more, but they're just going to give you a lot more value. Mm -hmm. um, play talkers. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Because I want to play a free spell every turn. Mm -hmm. um, but what we find in the Cobblade deck is that it, it still wants to play aggressive in the sense that it's playing, like, these these creatures... That are turning sideways, but at the same time, you you still want to play with the control aspects because you're playing the colors of control. You're playing counter spells. You're playing danger judges and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you had to drop a lot of those numbers to still support your aggressive game plan, mm -hmm. um, especially the black version. Oh, absolutely, with inquisitions. Um, so when you when you spread out your deck earlier and there were no preordains, and I was just like, where are the preordains? And you, like, well, admittedly, I, I I, you, like, that's a test. That's a yeah, test. That's like, a test. Like, I, I don't know like, if it's right or wrong, but I hate preordain. I don't. I don't hate preordain. I think it has its spots, and I definitely think that in Cogo, whatever iteration of Cogo you're playing, preordain fits mm -hmm. because it, it runs so light on the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you have to have the answer when you need the answer. Mm -hmm. um, so, like. When you spread it out, there were three Jaces and no preordains, and I was like, "They're missing five cards, dude." Oh uh, yeah, I mean that that fourth Jace is has got to find its way back in there. Yeah. Somehow. Uh, the, my biggest argument about preordain is that you get, like you're are we, are your we deck with have the preordain debate now. Yeah, it's time for the preordain debate, guys. I mean, we got a special segment of the show. Ready. Chris Chris Casby spent a long time talking about not preordain when he thought he was. I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, like I said, I preordain like in in, in traditional control. Of blue eye, I don't think preordain's good enough. All right, so my motto is all stuff, no fluff. Like I, in in a control deck of any kind, even if it's fish, I would rather just have uh, a better numbers of the things that I want than preordains because a lot of the a lot of the situations that I've been in, uh, because okay, first off, if you're running preordain, you have to run 27 lands because you want to have enough land to be able to preordain and then do whatever you preordain into. 
also you need the land so you need to, the selection to get past the land i guess you could say it allows you to play 27 land if you want to look at it that way mm-hmm. but i i just don't like it like uh it, you're looking at a, a deck that does nothing but do two for ones and then you're playing a sorcery dig for my random spell whatever it is now at that point you're making up for the card disadvantage that you're putting yourself into and you feel like you'd actually need to like you're fighting your own tempo. Well, are you saying you, are you saying that preordain is the take a penny, give a penny jar yes, at the gas station? That's exactly. <laughs> right. no, 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 no. What in, in in decks like where in Cago, it's spread so thin that it, it's it's basically it wants to do so many things. Okay, um, you have to have what you want to do when you want to do it. So that's why preordain's nuts. Like it's not take a penny, give a penny. It's give a penny, see what's in there. Find that two hundred dollar penny, that's made of one hundred percent copper because it was from World War Two. That is known as like, a uh, yen <laughs> in your country, like, in your native land. In my native land. Uh, <laughs> okay, where where I come from, when I the last time I played a spell like Preordain, it was sleight of hand, which was obviously worse. However, uh, it was only used to set up your combo. It's like it's uh, traditionally. The, I think that's where a, a lot of the piece. hate is this from the spell is coming from. Is like. You you sleight of hand right. to find your dragonstone right. piece to go off to find your mind's desire piece to go off, and, and it's contextual because in in a lot of ways like Cobblade, it just I don't want to say it's a combo deck, but you want to find the right piece at the right time. Yeah, and Preordain is definitely the second best card. To do aren't that. a lot of times Jason Mind Sculptor is the best, but it costs four. Aren't a lot of times you just the more more often than not when I cast a Preordain, I use it as a sleight of hand. I I. Put one on top and one on the bottom and draw. That's that's usually the modes I choose. Not, just okay. being honest, like, well, I, and I, maybe I'm doing it wrong, or maybe I'm just playing decks that. I don't, maybe you're I don't just getting lucky and finding what you if need. You find what you need. need. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm not saying there's a right way or wrong way to do it. And I'm obviously, like is. you, you find the right things when you need them to. But <sighs> this spell doesn't feel good. Actually, I, I think it feels like a it feels like end. a waste of mana. I think it's I think it's a great spell. I think in a deck like blue black, you I, for exactly what Casby's saying. Like I think blue black is even more so than Cobblade is a uh, I need the answer now or I right. die because I don't have any card advantage and a whole lot of my spells so I need that consume the meek or I'm dead next turn to Boros and that and Preordain's amazing in there and that's why I'm with completely with Casby when back when me and Casby were doing nothing but playing blue black, blue eye control we were both like a number we were at work we were just like no Preordain or like nope no Preordain <laughs> we both agreed uh, we had the same opinion on it uh, for, in terms of Jesus, in terms of, cop, in terms of Cobblade, I don't know I do have this question for you Casby like look at the original like Ben Stark's list Kibbler's list the ones that were at a Grand Prix or not Grand Prix um, Pro Tour Paris was it mm-hmm. yeah where the, the breakout for the deck right their original list had just was nothing but four of four of Spell Pierce four of Monolique four of Day of Judgment but they still had the four of Preordain. Right. Like, do you think that in, even in a deck like that where you just, you're just you literally just running a bunch of four ofs, like, I guess you call it well, unrefined? You still, at that point, it's just easier to find what you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. That that makes – it arguably makes Preordain better. Okay. Yeah. Because you can just be like, I can just shuffle away this shit because I got more. Okay. Um, And I don't know. Like, it's – just seeing how – tight the mana is on the call like mm-hmm. in every iteration of cargo and Cobblade, mm-hmm. like from jump street like when kibler is playing ouse main deck yeah know, like yeah it's just like oh this one counting one casting cost spell is what we need and preordain just fixes <laughs> like so much mm-hmm. like i'm stuck on mana like i'll preordain like i need to put a threat on the board now and capitalize on the fact that he missed a land drop preordain like it just it lets you just draw into whatever mode that you need to go into, being this weird aggressive control deck. Yeah. Like you can play aggro from Jump Street if you know, like you you, you see a window and you can capitalize on it, you go for it. And if you need to play the sit there and defend myself, you have that option because you can just find a gating and you find a day of judgment. Um, it also has an alternate use of putting away squadron hawks when you've got one in your hand. Right. You're like I didn't well, want to draw this. Yeah. Oh, you mean putting them on the bottom? Yeah. I guess. Okay. I, all right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's such a rough. Dis- okay. Well, so Surani at the open, he played three preordain. Right. Do you think that it's okay? Do you think it's a four of zero of type of card? Or I'd be inclined to say that all. you should play a four. Um, but it, it's that that type of card where it's like, okay, if you just fill in slots and you just want to help your draw a little bit. Like I know Surani is also vocal 
opponent of, yeah. of preordained. So I was really surprised. recent convert to the church of preordained. Well, because well, he he switched over from his traditional control decks mm-hmm. to an aggressive counter deck. Yeah, like you know he wasn't playing squadron Ox, but he was still playing turn the creature sideways. Yeah, as, you know, or like you know fairly early for a control yeah. deck. So that being said, he realized that he needed to have the answer when he needed to have it. And find it. I mean, I just think it's right. I think that I think this deck is right up his alley. Like at first he was like, I hate playing this deck. I'm like, Sarani, it's a control deck that turns things sideways. Like, what part of that is not a part of like his ML? Like he was playing Sacred Mesa back in the day yeah. and uh, Zur the Enchanter or whatever, yeah. or something like that. Like he was playing these decks Love like back in Bob Beach, and I'm like, dude. These- well, Sarani is a control player, yeah. and he has said before. Like, I don't really like Squad Hawks, yeah. you know, like, not to hate on Kibler, but I don't think Squadron Hawks is a very good <laughs> archetype, and because he's a pure control player. Right. Like, he wants to play big spells, he wants to defend himself in the early game, he wants to play big spells in the late game, and he wants mm-hmm. to win with those big spells. Right. And Squadron Hawk isn't any of those things, like, it's not... He's card advantage. Yeah. yeah. All I mean, he says card is, like, card advantage. I mean, the it main... It says card advantage, but it's, like, awkward card advantage, because, like, whereas traditional control decks are just drawing, like, you know, like... All kinds of answers, right? His is just like Squadron Hawk is just like oh, I'm just a one-one creature. I'm drawing all kinds creatures. of birds, and uh, and and you know even he he said in Paris like he played Squadron Hawks because he was playing that awful mass polymorph. Deck. <laughs> yeah, that deck is not awful. And he okay, was, go on. Dare, so good <laughs> dare to dream, dare to innovate. That deck and is not like, bad. Go it's ahead. only in here because I'm playing mass polymorph. But he's he's like, I don't think Cargo is very good. Which is, is genius, by the way. Yeah. Get all the cards, get all the creatures out of your deck, and then all yeah. of a sudden you mass play polymorph into all gas. It's genius. <laughs> it actually is. You know, I mean, like, I don't like the deck. I think the deck sucks. But <laughs> that is. But it's genius. That garbage. Is a genius innovation. I'll, be t- I'll tell I you. I might that. not like Van Gale, but I respect him. I respect. Damn, <laughs> do I respect him? Um, but yeah. yeah, like when even when he sleeved up, you know, his this new deck. He's playing heroes over Squadron Hawks because he was like, I don't like Squad Hawks. That's mm-hmm. that's fine. Okay. So do we have some conclusions about Preordain? No. Is, I is, I like honestly, like that's what people are looking for here. Oh. I think when you're playing really just you need to look at your deck and see what your deck needs at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um I've been considering playing Preordain. It seems awful, but like I'm playing uh, the only reason I'm thinking about playing Preordain is because I'm playing Chalices now. And it seems like it fits the same spot where it's like, whereas Chalice just ramps me, like, or makes me catch up on a missed land drop, like, Preordain just says, I will not get a missed land drop. And also, just, you're like, sometimes, you know, you, when you're playing, if like, when you're playing traditional blue-eyed control, you have anywhere from six to eight Planeswalkers. Right. You're in the early game, you need to Preordain past, sometimes you need to Preordain past Vendor. You right. know, and you're just like, I don't need this right now. I need the land for I my need day. I need to condemn. I need yeah, a, yeah. a day. I need a journey. I need yeah. whatever. I don't. I don't know. I just. It's. It really is. It's like Daniel Phil said. It's a. It's a weird argument, and the. It's gonna go on for a while until that card. I don't know. I'll say that I don't. I don't ever feel good playing a preordain, but I understand its its purpose. I, I like. Actually, I. I always feel. I would feel much better playing a card selection spell like Seagate Oracle over a preordain and i understand that it's well, that, worse but like it's a dude and it does something else exactly that's what i like about a, an actual spell like preordain feels like a literal do nothing i mean the even, only... even though we know it's not yeah it's like, not it's, it sucks it's frustrating i just the only problem i have it is it's like I, and it is a it's strictly a player perception type of thing but just when like when you cast it when you're like, I need to find an answer, and if I cast this, I won't have enough to play it, blah, 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 blah. Or, like, you cast it, you put two lands on the bottom, or two things you didn't need, you just draw, draw something what else you fucking, dead, and yeah. you're just like... Well, it's super <sighs> frustrating, too. Like, well, and you think, it, if that it, were... It's a dig spell. It, yeah, can, it can put you in the so same spot like when where... when you play your Jace the next turn, you're going to get the card that you need. It can Go put you it. in the same spot where... Do you, you remember when, like, Halimar Depths came out, and people were super excited about the spell and using it with Deprive, yeah. and, like, all kinds of cool stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then, and then people started playing Halimar Depths, and... It started tricking people into keeping bad hands at the start of a game, yeah. mm-hmm. and because like when you Halamar Depths, you don't find the card you need. Like, oh, I'll keep this one lander, but it's a Halamar Depths, so I'll get the other land off the like out of the top three, and then I'll do good stuff. Right, and then you're like, whoops, never mind, I got screwed, and now I'm definitely dead because I have five turns of doing nothing. Yeah, and like, and you feel terrible about it. Preordain is. Almost like I'll, I'll be daring enough to say like it's almost on that level where like it can no, some, it can sometimes trick you into keeping a bad hand. It can. It sometimes I mean, it can trick you into keeping a bad hand, but it, it's whereas Halberd you play it 
And you look at the top screwed. three, and you're like, oh, fuck. I mean, it doesn't have but that downside. But third, and you're like, boom, is like, oh, fuck. But it can, it can trick you into keeping bad I know. Like, I mean, like, you push two to the bottom, so, like, you scry past some stuff that you didn't need. But, like, you can still keep a bad hand with preordain, and your hand can get better. But, like, it, again, keeps... Sometimes players just guaranteed. like get well. Lucky. That's why you're, good you're like, players, how lucky do I have to be in this game? Like the, the the only time I think you would keep a one lander with a preordain is if you've molded the five. Like <laughs> like you don't like you don't want to like your control deck. You don't want to give up your cards. Like mm-hmm. and if you have the option of playing a preordain and and looking at the top two, like you don't want to give up too much of your card advantage. Like just by mulling to garbage. Like. You know, once it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I've got five lands in a pre-order name. You know, I've Basically, got a land in a Basically, what you can say about that is you don't want to be preordaining to dig for lands ever because if you're digging past uh, good spells to get to something that you have the most of in your deck, especially now that you're running 27 because you've got the preordains, you're just more likely just to run into infinite lands and not get what you need. You have to preordain to dig for spells, and that's the only time it's actually... Uh, viable to use it. Yeah, I think I almost. I don't. I don't know. Like I've been ever since I started playing Cobblade. I've always had four preordains. Uh, Todd Creole kind of from his list, and I was just like, "What are you? He went down twenty five lands, cut preordains. What are you doing? You're going terribly with it. Uh, he he isn't. Yeah. I don't know whether I, maybe it's just. I, I guess it's luck. I mean, he's he's just really. I guess he's really good. It's the school of thought where you say, "I don't want these preordains." Instead, instead of this stupid card drawing spell, it just wastes my mana and wastes my time. I would rather just put more answers in my deck and draw those answers instead more of stuff, digging around yeah. in my deck. I kind of that's and I think honestly, like I think I have to go with Todd and Jeff and and, Bert and Chris Burrows here on this. That just you, it's true. You should absolutely draw all those Inquisitions late uh, game when they're not going to do a goddamn thing. It's tough. It's a, it's a really tough thing. You know, <laughs> all right, how about how about that's, why, that's what I'm saying. Like how about I don't like I don't like when you're playing cards like. Inquisition mm-hmm. and spell pierce. Mm-hmm. That's when you need to play with a card like preordain, yeah. because you don't ever want to draw those cards. Like past like turn three or four, like they're dead. You don't need them anymore. So right. it's like when you're playing with cards of preordain, it's cleaning up your draws. Like it's just you're, you're right. on, you know when you're playing like traditional blue eyes, you're not playing cards like that. You're right. Right. Filter I, spells filter. I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna play test about it for a day or two more. Uh, if I don't like it, I'm just gonna, or if I have not satisfied if where my testing is by like Friday, I'll just snap. Switch it back. I'm All right. How about this to wrap it up, boys? Uh, preordain and M12. Yes or no? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I think we're gonna bring back. Pond. Do we have a Do we have a filter spell? You mean in for the third time? Mirrodin yeah. besieged. Uh, there is not any kind of one mana cantrip in. The, I think preordain will block. stay because uh, they they really pushed for evergreen to be uh, scry to be an evergreen yeah. mechanic in this yeah. one, and that that seems just like the it seems fine. Like yeah, I mean, it's it a reason, like, reasonable to assume it could potentially be there, and that's oh, that as, was a really dodgy as, answer. That's about as good job. as I'm getting. Yeah, I'll go on the record saying that I can't imagine them taking it out. It, it's not it's not overtly powerful. It has scry on it. I can exactly. I can easily see them not putting scry in a core set again. I, I, I okay. I'll say this. The way, I, what do you mean? The way that they wrote I'm about not, how they wanted it to be an evergreen mechanic. Yeah, I dumb. can't imagine that was a dumb statement. Again. I'm not gonna be Hold sad. On. I'm not gonna be sad. <laughs> what? I'm not gonna be sad if Scry goes away. I don't care. What? I don't, I don't like Scry that much. What? It's a, okay, because it's it's a super powerful ability you can put on anything. Mm-hmm. And hurrah! You but know like, what they're gonna do? It's it's not particularly interesting to me. I really like they the took away lightning land. bolt. They're gonna give us flame jet. Oh All right. yeah! Sick. I want it. I want it. I want it very deal. All right, so let's go on break. Let's get out of here. Break? We're going on break. We, we have more to talk about. I know. We, we definitely have more to talk about. Let's oh, take two yeah. breaks. I don't care. We're I need 37 a, minutes I need a fucking just... cigarette. How about that? I don't even smoke. But you uh, guys and your stupid preordain discussion what? has me oh, in a nitpick. Don't, don't have sour grapes for preordain. Yep. What's the, yep. You hate preordain. Can't do it. Hang on. Let's let's run through the deck what? list before no, we No, I can't do it. I need a cigarette. I need a cigarette right now. You, all right. Yep. You don't even I'm sorry, smoke, guys. Bros. I'm sorry. Sale. Sorry. This is sale this. acting like this. I can't deal this with it. This is sale acting like this. I can't do it. This prayer day has been mine. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Scrubland Podcast. I've had my cigarette... I don't smoke, but I had a cigarette. <laughs> it happened. It was and sweet. I did not inhale 
Because I'm because <laughs> you're Bill Clinton. I made Chris Burroughs choke on his beard. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Have you ever spot beer out your nose? No, but that laughing? sounds awful. Oh, it's real bad. Oh God. But it, you know what? Actually, Dr Pepper is worse. Dude. And like, I I spat a, like a, a beer out my nose, and then like later in the same night, I spat a Dr Pepper out oh, my nose. Oh God. It felt worse with the Dr Pepper. I th- well, it's the probably it was in it was the, the same second night. time. It was in the same. Uh, maybe. Yeah. The most awful. Ma- it was thing. probably the second time. Yeah. The most awful thing in the world to laugh up through your nose is Goldschlager. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, that's all I, don't, the, I don't drink Goldschlager to this day. It's all those I little gold once. flakes it's in your the sinuses. It's peppermint burning. <laughs> <laughs> the goggles, the they do nothing. Just, Dude, uh, oh, wow. I, bonus, I watched, okay, worse, worse than that, uh, I watched my friend do that with 151. Oh. Not joking. That happened. It was, he died. No. <laughs> no, he's dead. I'm pretty sure he should have. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, you friend. poor bastard. Uh, we got some more deck lists to cover here. What, what do we got? We I, uh, I want to talk about right. ju- Oh, what, what do you got? We're just going to say good on Edgar Flores for finally winning an event. Oh, he's, Maddox and Volusia Reigns in his stupid Cobblade deck. He was, he was top eight in a bunch for weeks and weeks, right? Well, basically, he just finally won one. Like He didn't top eight last week, and I was shocked. I was like, maybe he didn't show up. <laughs> but that was the first time he hadn't top eight in like two months. Yeah, pretty like, sweet. Ridiculous. So finally, good on him for finally winning. Uh, Jund Control. Pretty this, like is, this is in seventeenth place like out of out of uh, Atlanta, and how how similar to the Patrick Chapin awkward list that he posted a couple weeks ago is this? Uh, not, not very. Uh, not. Chapin leaned pretty heavily on Gatekeeper. Right. Sign and blood, mimic that, like yeah. w- like weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, what what is this deck doing? Yeah. This deck <laughs> is making abyssal persecutors. Yeah. It, it has two. Abys- <laughs> it has two abyssal persecutor, two grave titan, two inferno titan. It just makes a bunch of six sixes fueled out by cobras and oracles of old Iowa. And it's got the Jund Legion of Doom. Yeah. It's got Chandra Nalar. It's got Chandra? the quote unquote the yeah, bad planeswalkers. Yeah, they're all the bad planeswalkers. Uh, Chandra Nalar, Liliana Vest, two Sark and the Mad, one of each of the other two. And then uh, two Garrick Wildspeaker, which I don't think is a bad place. This, no, I think Garrick's no. good. This is like a, a shooting gallery of terrible planeswalkers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so so Liliana Vest did it in Barcelona, and this guy was like, oh, the floodgates are open. Time for all the bad planeswalkers <laughs> to come back. Here we go, boys. <laughs> Liliana called her friends and was like, yeah. hey, guess what? Hey, We're guys. Hey, guys. We did it. It's finally our time to shine. Um, uh, basically, all the starting lineup couldn't beat Kago, so they're like, just call in the fucking second string. <laughs> the little leaguers. <laughs> I've heard that in See the what they can do. I've heard that in the new Pokemon you can do three on one battles. What? what? That so, sounds sexy. That sounds cool. I'm just saying, like <laughs> And it's not just Doug Trio, baby. Right, like so like if so if uh JJ Griffin summons Jace the Mind Sculptor, I gotta summon Garrick and Sarkin and Liliana They'll to take back. him on. And yep. Lily and Jace probably still wins that. Battle. I mean, it's a pretty hard fight. Jace yeah. is like brainstorming to win all this dust, blow you out. Oh, <laughs> I'll no. sacrifice myself. <laughs> oh, this deck looks really Jinx. cool because it's okay. Like, there's another one on top of the library. Uh, <laughs> it's still, it's playing just like the ramp game because it's playing with like explore. It's playing fetch lands and it's playing explorers and it's playing four cobras. Yeah. So like it lets you accelerate. Like you still have the turn two, turn three, six drop. So, that's pretty nuts. Does yeah. this have green sun zenith? No. Yeah. No, you're, it's got a red sun zenith. You're holding a scrub cool. token in front of it. I Sorry. can't see it. It's got a red uh, sun zenith. Reds? What? Yeah, I know, right? It's God, pretty freaking sweet. I just, realized, I like, just saw zenith, and I assumed it was green. I, I guess like, you just need another way to kill Persecutor? If that deck <laughs> if that deck has Sarkin the Mad, Liliana Vess, Garrick Wildspeaker, and what was the Chandra other one? Chandra Lalar. All of them play at once. If you just, like, Elspeth, take her up. Go. Like that whole deck, like that board position? No. Like they're just like, we, they all, none of that, well, a single one can no. do anything about it. Which one? What can they do? never go ultimate against this deck. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, let's say, your opponent, let's say your opponent is in top deck mode, but he has all, he's just like, windmill slam Sarkin. Oh, go. And you're just like, windmill slam Elspeth from the top of my deck. Go. JJ, Take her out. Go. I think like, you're right. Yeah. You, wait a minute. You, you understand what Sarkin <laughs> the Mad does, right? He makes dragons. No. Five, five dragon tokens. Yeah, and they don't have haste. Makes and they don't have right. haste. And you're Sarkin. right. So you can blow up my world, and I still got a five, five flyer that you got a problem with. So- what? I'm no, you don't. She's like, it's she nukes it. Oh, it's a token. Guys, a token. I'm, I'm oh. declaring yeah. this the worst deck of the week. Like, I'm looking at the sideboard. Like, this has. what the sideboard has. It has a shatter. 
Sweet. What? What's wrong with Shatter? It has like a one of Gaia's Revenge. Shatter's fine. It just seems strictly worse than Naturalized. That's I mean, <laughs> a one of Gaia's Revenge, one of Consuming Vapors. This this deck has... Consuming Vapors is so good. It has a Red Sun Zenith that is made deck. This is the worst deck of the week. Donald Nolan, I'm sorry. I gotta put you on blast. Why? Not only be- not only because you played no, the worst deck of the week, but because you also made 17th place. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Like, your breakers were just not good enough. That's that's really terrible. Yeah, 17th it hurts. I've well, been, no, what, what had uh, happened was was that his first three rounds were Cargo, yeah. and he crushed them, and they were like, I can't believe I just lost lost that fucking piece of shit. And they fucking threw their decks, and they fucking conceded. They went 0-2, 1-3, whatever. Drop. Okay, yeah. so then what did he lose to? Like, well, that's why his tiebreakers were garbage. Yeah, that's just it doesn't matter what he lost to. Because everyone he crushed was just like, I can't believe I I'm lost done. that deck. I'm dropping I'm done. this shit. No, no. <laughs> or, or, or they didn't dr- No, that's what happened, is they didn't yeah, drop because they thought say. they had a chance. <laughs> and then they just... They played against that deck yeah. one more time. They were just on tilt. Yeah, they're, they're like, I, don't, I can't believe I lost to this trash deck. It's cool. I'm just going to keep playing. Like, no. I, that, that's how tiebreakers work. There's acidic slimes on the board. Okay. Sale, that's the opposite of going on tilt. The the, pro- the proper wrong reaction is I just lost that junk deck. I'm X one now. I can't win. I can't lose another game for the entirety of the day. <coughs> that is the yeah. absolute worst mentality because yeah. you are going to crap out of that. Yeah. Point. No, the, I can the, speak from experience on that one. It's the, a slippery slope. The best mentality you want when you're when calculating your opponent's tiebreakers are either. I can't believe I lost to you, but it's okay. I'm going to make the top eight, so I'll just go ahead and win out from here. <laughs> or your opponent goes. I'm so frustrated with my entire life that I'm just going <laughs> to throw my deck in the garbage and walk out of the convention center and hopefully get hit by a car because my life is over. That's that's the reactions you want from your opponents is top eight or hit by a car. Well, if I lost to this deck, I would actually tie a rope around my neck and then drive up a bridge. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to some so sort of you like drown in your car with a rope around your neck. <laughs> no, I, it's got to be tied to the bridge. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I would, uh, I would you can just auto asphyxiate. Like it's pretty much it's like it's much more enjoyable and you get the same result. Just exactly. saying, like I want my head to pop off. Go out with a blaze of glory. You know, I think this deck if you got to actually might be good if it had four inquisitions. I don't understand why you wouldn't play four inquisitions. You know, I think I you think just, you cut like some of the awkward planeswalkers in the fireball. And you play good stuff. Well, you can one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's seven options for turn no, one. Ten. Ink? Ten ways to uh, turn one and eight. Donald. Okay. Donald Nolan. Did you need like twelve to do it consistently? Donald. No, that is fine. Donald, it was a good try, and you made 17th place. Next time, buddy. Next time, you'll get 16. You know what I think, Sale? I think the the worst deck of the week segment should be renamed to the most innovative deck of the week because every single week, that's what it, pretty much what it is. The, who like, the hell you, brought this guy on the cast? <laughs> the, no. Who the fuck are you to come it's, on my no, cast wait, to no, wait, telling no, us wait, how to do it? Right. Right. Like, do you want to start a the... worst guest of the week segment? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Nope, because James Fleer was on this cast. Not this week. He had worst deck of the week. He, While he was on the cast. Yeah, no, we invited him over just to punk him. It's cool. Uh, what else is on? It's, do we have a rug deck or something? We do. Or, no, we have a green-white deck. Well, green, I invited him over because he played that deck. I invited him over to punk him. That's why but I what, the deck that you gave worst deck, the deck that you gave worst deck of the week? Oh, because it was my move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, won the, uh, he won the invitational qualifier he, with he it. He got second. It was okay, a, well, it was a poison finals. binder pull. Let it go. Uh, yeah. Green-white aggro. Green-white aggro. Green-white aggro. What's yeah, green white aggro. So this is the Lewis Laskin thing that was the the the. Well, this uh, one's Adam Chang's deck. Right, this one, right, this, right, one, right, this right. one's but doing a couple different things, it right? Looked, well, sort of. Yeah, it's got signal pest in it. Which That's is a sweet card. Pretty interesting. How many signal pests? It's got three. That's um, a terrible number of signal pests. And, okay, <laughs> now look at this though, because I or almost, nothing. I mean, yes. I almost want to make this the worst deck of the week. We got one. Well, I like I like the one core sanctifier's main. That's that's clever. Um. We have one Sun Titan in a deck with Signal Pest, and we have Awkward. one Thrun the Last Troll main because it wasn't good enough for Valakut sideboards, but now you can main deck it. Okay, so this is doing the same things that the old Jumanji deck was doing. It's using Overwhelming Stampede and Lead the Stampede to create no. a bunch of creatures and then use Vengevine no, Fauna Shamans. No, sir. You're to, it doesn't have no, sir. It just plays oh. Fauna Shamans to go get creatures. Tell, right. Okay, uh, Chris Burrows, I'm gonna, we're going to break tradition. Read me all the creatures and numbers. Okay. Like, read me this whole deck list. I don't even know right. what the hell's going on. One Basilisk color, two Mortar Pod, and one of each of the swords. Uh, you, you've got a Fauna Shaman weird package where you can, like, uh, uh, either ditch them to get the other cards or just get them. You have one Acidic Slime, you have two Hero Blade Hold, one Core Sanctifiers, one Sun Titan, one Sylvan Ranger, one Thrun. And your four ofs are Vengevine, Squadron Hawk, Fauna Shaman, Birds of Paradise. And you have a couple random Stoneforge Mystics, three of them in here, and two Hero Blade Hold. 
There's one Green Sun Zenith and two Gideon Jura. And what? that's what a mess. That's the list. This is a mess. It's a weird <laughs> deck. It is a what weird place deck. did I get? It's 14th. Okay. I mean, so so slightly better than this gem deck. Like, I, I mean, I so much just breakers at that I, point. I can't play green white aggro without uh, without Knight of the Reliquary. What so, is going on at these say? Star City opens that there's such random jank in, their, mean, in their top sixteens? There so must be people, a reason he's playing it. So it, many people are just like revolve their game plan around the meta game and have like literally like when they face someone who's playing like rogue, like they they just play a card. They're like. That they have to turn around and read. Right. Then they're just like, I, they just, it breaks their mind. Right. They're just like, I, they like go on this weird mini tilt where they're just like, either they, A, overly confident in the matchup that they probably shouldn't be, or B, they have no idea how to play against right. it. Right. So, and so they just play wrong the whole game. So this isn't really so much green-white aggro <laughs> as it is green-white uh, toolbox. It yeah. is definitely green-white yeah. toolbox, but I mean, uh, the thing is, you, you've got... It is definitely green white aggro because you've got your like regular Vengevine Fauna Shaman draws like we've been seeing for years, not years for years for, for years, for um, years forever, years. forever, ever um, since the dawn of magic, since the dawn <coughs> of forever. Uh, and you got you also there is like super metagame tech here. Like you've got two mortar pod and which strap onto everything in the stack. Just like there's so many creatures. Okay, know. so he put some mortar pods in the deck, and now we're going to call it a real thing. I don't, well, like, no, I'm just saying it's a metagame choice. Uh, like, and also, look, he's got you can green sun zenith into acidic slime. You can green sun zenith into a vengevine. Okay, like I've called red green blue aggro uh, a dumb creature deck for a while, yeah. but this is a dumb creature this deck. Is a dumb creature deck. Wow, I mean, it's a tool. It is a toolbox dumb creature deck, but it it's a dumb creature deck. Doesn't have any breaker. Like it, your its best breaker is what a Gideon. Hero of Bladehold, baby. Hero of Bladehold, Bladehold, man. You know, that's really good against Scott. You know what? Mm -hmm. Barf. Fuck it. This deck's playing four Vengevines. Barf. All four. Vengevine isn't even good anymore. What? That's wrong. not even good. That's wrong. You're stupid showing. This is the best showing Vengevine's had in weeks. That's not true. Wasn't Naya Vengevine in top eight? Yeah, it was in top eight last week. Like third place, the week before last. Yeah. Ryan O'Connor playing our deck list. Grumble. The deck list that you guys were talking about, right? Grumble. The list that we made that we thought ours was Grumble. I didn't win with Vengevine, so obviously he's bad. There we go. I haven't won with a Vengevine since next level, man. I hated it when you played that deck against me. So really quickly. Oh, card advantage. Bullshit. I can't beat it down. Damn it. Uh, so now that now that we've run over some of the decks and we've talked extensively about Cobblade, let's talk about GP Dallas. And me and Daniel Sale are go both going to be there. If anyone's going to be at Grand Prix Dallas, hit us up. We They're going to be wearing shirts. We will be wearing shirts, representing, and just having a sweet-ass time. Liter so. Literally, the best way to find us, and this is going to sound <laughs> stupid, is during the Swiss pairings, uh, find our name on the board, go to our table, yeah, and either watch us finishing a match or catch us afterwards or whatever. I'll but, be smoking cigarettes. I mean, that that's literally one of the best ways to find us. It, if you can stand uncomfortably close to either of them, oh, that yeah. would be actually the best way. Can to you can do you give it. us twenty dollars like the guy from the A team? Uh, that's a sick story. That was a crazy story. That's so that's so that's bizarre. Dude, dude came up and okay, so the one guy asked for uh, his listeners to get him on. I forget which one. I I boosh. Yeah, and he was like, hey, you guys, I need help getting this tournament. I need money. They were like, okay, we're paying to your PayPal. And it was actually a pretty cool story. They got him there. And then, like, the whole A-team is, like, standing together watching a match, and some guy keeps, like, creeping up to them. And uh, he, right at the end, they're, they're like, he comes up to them, and he's like, uh, are, are you guys? Yes, we're the A-team, yes. <laughs> and he's like, uh, so... Which one of you is Scotty Mac? Uh, I think it was, it was Jay. I don't even no, know. No, Jay. No. Whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. He, he went up to him and was like, so reached into his bag, grabbed out a $20 bill, handed it to him. He's like, hey, good cast. Walked away. Peace out. Like, see you guys. And then the rest of them, I'm sure, were like, what the hell? Why didn't we get 20 bucks? <laughs> nope. Ungrateful podcast. Ungrateful. <laughs> and, you, and you know what they can get with that? They can get like a soda and two hot dogs at the convention center because every single convention center I've ever been to. Or you just walk outside uh, to the subway across the street and get like four sandwiches. Nope. It's two hot dogs and a soda. That's it, that's a $20 bill. You just bill. have to sneak the sandwiches in. Yeah. yeah dude. Our, uh, the Richmond Convention Center is so weird because like, you're like 50-50 to get your sandwich in. 
Because sometimes you walk by the person and they're like, yeah, you just don't care. Wait, no, what? Sure they stop you bag, from. You have room for a sandwich. It, you know, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what. It depends on what you're bringing in. Because I've been to I've been to uh, Ray's Ray's Doghouse down the street where you just like get. It, it, it's just a hot dog stand. It was fancy like name. And you get some hot dogs, you bring them over, and they're like, oh, dude, you know, whatever, do, do, do your thing. And then if you go to, like, a corporate place, you go to Subway, you bring it over, and they're like, oh, hell no. no. You're not taking that shit in here. <laughs> like, come on. Support come your on, local business. Come on, convention center. Come on, convention center. I, I guess you just got to know your roots. All right, well, you got to represent. I walking in with water, and I was like, are you shitting me? Like, I said, like for water? Up, I looked at her, I was like, are you shitting me? It's yeah. fucking water. Yeah, yeah that's, that's when you unscrew the cap and you pour it out on the floor right in front of her. And you tell her that she You're can like, keep one it. You're like, for my homies. Well, she, could, she could tell I was really upset about it because I straight cursed at her. <laughs> like, was she uh, the nicest old black lady? And yeah, yeah She fucking sassed me about fucking water. <laughs> yeah. Well, screw that. How nice could she be? I would describe Aunt Jemima as really nice. I've All never right. met her in anyway. person, but, you know. So, GP... Grand Prix Dallas. I'm going to be playing Valakit, even oh, though I really want to jump to Rug, but I just don't feel like it's good enough right now. I think I think we're going to I think we're going to make Daniel Sale also play Valakit, but we're not 100. We're playing a team deck. I think we want to sure. play we want to play the same deck, and I'm obviously stuck on Valakit. Play Rug. I I think you guys should play what you guys are comfortable with. I think you should play Valakit, and I think you should play Blue Black Control. I will do. You really do like the that craziest deck. thing possible. Lone Lion Aggro. <laughs> do it. Nice. Lone Lions and Souls Attendants and uh, Draga War Callers, and we're doing it. Because Dorian's all, just a dude. All one drops. All No, I'm just playing all the one drops. Get there. Yep. Uh, friggin'. Look out for it. Grand Prix Dallas. Uh, any predictions on what's going to do well? I know that. Squadron Hawks. Squadron Hawks are going to do really well. I'm just thinking Squadron Hawks are going to do well. Cars going to be like, everywhere. I feel like Valakit is actually a reasonable pick since people are cutting so many counter spells out of their deck. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Um, I think you should expect to see a lot of red deck wins. Yeah, I know. They're they're also pretty good. But uh, please don't main deck Flame, flame Slash because you'll beat me. Um, <laughs> so if you see Chris Burroughs accidentally slip in Flame Slash, <laughs> I, I think I think if you're really looking for an edge, these these are the cards you need to look at. I identified these last week, but I'm going to reiterate this because there are holes in this metagame. These are cards that I think if you can find a deck <coughs> that uses these profitably, you will do well. Inquisition of Kozilek, yes sir. Hero of Oxid Ridge, yes sir. Leonin Arbiter, so yes, good. Uh, that's pretty much the end of my list. Well, that's a what? pretty good list. Th- those are the three cards I think. If you can find a deck that plays one or all of those cards, they exploit specific weaknesses in the popular decks right now. So what you want to play is Boros with main deck Arbiter, except yeah. that doesn't work because it, it's except it doesn't work. Like Leon and Arbiter is definitely the hardest one to make work. However, it has such upsides against so many different decks that if you can find a way to make Leon and Arbiter a good card. I think that deck will do well. Well, here's the thing. He's in the awkward color of white. So if you're playing white, you should probably just be playing Squadron Hawks instead of Forge Mystics. Right. If you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing those, then you can't play the Arbiter. Which exactly. Would be totally cool. If you like could, basically, though. every deck wants to search its deck or touch its deck in some way, and Leon and Arbiter just says no to that. We were talking about this the other day. We were talking about what's like what makes Leon and Arbiter work, and Mimic that is hilarious because you're like, huh, you've got an Arbiter on your on my, on your turn, but on my turn, he's gone. Yeah, it's real value there, buddy. It's good. Uh, By the time that's good, it's not good anymore. Um, sorry. So, what else we got on this uh, uh, listener we got, feedback? We got listener requests. All right. Um, someone wants us to talk about if Argyle over Squadron Hawks is uh, good enough, and I don't think that's um, good enough. I'm just gonna call you out here, listener. Chris Burroughs wrote Argyle over Squadron Hawks. Laugh. laugh. <laughs> he wrote out laugh. I did write the word laugh immediately afterwards. Um, all right. Here's I like Agriel. I like Agriel a lot. He's no squadron. No, nowhere no on Agriel does it say draw three cards. Man, if he drew a card after he scribed, it'd just be the best card ever. I got beaten yeah. by an Agriel at F and M. Only because the guy had a Grand Arbiter out, and I didn't realize that oh, it was God, a two-two Agriel, no. and I just I misplayed into it. 
in what like in the first game I misplayed into it, and then in the second game I didn't misplay into it, but then it just beat me down and I died. <laughs> I didn't wow. misplay into it. <laughs> it was really oh, it was so I just humiliating. It until he swung ten times. <laughs> it was so humiliating. All right, Daniel Sale, we have a listener request about Blue Red Counterburn, and I found that you would be the most qualified to speak about it since it was your game for a while. Because he's the guy who okay. never wants to play it. <laughs> what do you well, want to know about Blue Red Counterburn? Well, whether it's viable right now, whether yes. you think it's going to be good. Yes. You think it could uh, be good? Go to the show notes from somewhere between episodes 30 and now. You actually never posted it. Did I not get my list <laughs> yeah. in there? Okay, I'll, I'll we'll put, my, put it up this week. All right, I'll get my list up this week. Um, my list never worked, but it's because I'm stubborn and didn't want to play specific cards. Right. Uh, and if you are able to use enough card draw and card selection to make your mana work, Blue-Red Counterburn is an excellent choice for the metagame. Yeah. And if you just feel super lucky about making your spells work, I think you're good. The reason I don't like it is because you need to play Slagstorm in your main deck. It's the whole reason why Blue-Red Counterburn is a real thing ever to begin with. If you have Slagstorm in your main deck, you are, oh, that's a, one of the cards that breaks the format. It's one I didn't mention. Um... Most decks are susceptible to main deck Slagstorms. Yeah, the only thing that... Pyroclasm isn't good enough. No. Slagstorm is. Right. Uh, mostly because of Boros and the fact that if they keep a fetch land on the table, you can never kill their cat or insect. Right. Well, I think it's it's really relevant because you uh, the only way that they get around it is to sort up their Mystic instead of their Squadron Hawks. Right. So there's a... Like, and you've so, got plenty of spot rules. So I've, I've played a lot of really strange spells in my list, uh, including main deck's Flame Slashes and uh, stuff like that. I was really stubborn about preordains and Halimar Depths and things that I just don't like that much. Right. Blue Red Counterburn is a good deck if you can get lucky and make your mana work. Playing main deck Slagstorms is red, red, one, but then you, like JJ said earlier, you also have to go like blue, blue, two, and there's a very specific mana cost involved with that. There's not a red, blue duel. There's nothing that can make that mana. So, you know, do your thing. It's awkward because sometimes you'll want to like turn three... Turn three a Jace instead of a Slagstorm. Right, and and, and like, I play oh. I play this. Uh, I, I won't be able to turn four Slagstorm. I play the small Jace too. So sometimes you want blue blue one to just make small Jace. Yeah. Right. So the mana is really hard for a deck like that. Uh, I'll put my list in the show notes, and if you guys have questions or whatever, email us. I'll try to do my best. I would love to start a discussion about it. So yeah. Um, the other thing we wanted to mention right here is the Drafting with Scrubland. Charles League presents uh, Times Pro Draft Invitational Qualifier. Number one went down. Todd Creole, you're the winner. And we have three spots remaining at the table. Uh, we want to see more of you coming out here. We got ten players for the first one, which is actually pretty good. And the, the competition was great. You guys were, actually came out and you did, you, you did real well. Well, here's a question that I had. <clears throat> um, Mike Holdsworth actually asked me this. And he was like, what if there's, like, 16 people? What do you mean? You do two drafts, and you, the two people, the, the two winners these face aren't, off. These aren't, aren't, aren't going to get two 16 face people. Off. Okay. Oh, ye of little Shut faith. Up. These so. aren't going to get 16 people. Oh, sale, ye <laughs> you of little kidding? faith. Yeah, ye of little, yeah. Don't, cha- don't challenge Charles League like that. He'll two make the numbers go up. He'll start bringing his students <laughs> Yeah, he'll make the oh, numbers geez. go up. If you can't beat Charles League's wrestling students and, like, you know, like these fourteen-year-old kids. Are you calling out Charles yeah. League's wrestling students? Yeah, I bet they could probably. I've got some. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure Charles I'm League's sure, wrestling students. I'm sure students we would could. all be like little pulps in the in the parking lot, but it's <laughs> not. Uh, whatever. I will. I will throw down on the table with the cardboard. Oh, so okay. I thought for a second. If you're not going to Grand Prix Dallas and you're in the area, be there on Saturday at Time Capsule. Uh, I know that we have one more thing to discuss, and we have a really great beer that uh, I brought back from England. It's Old Speckled Hen. You want to tell us what you thought about it? I love this. Sure. Uh, this beer was awesome. It is a strong, fine ale, as listed on the uh, label. Uh, do beers age well? This is, this says it's a... No, never mind. That's just, it, it won a quality award in 2009. I thought it was from 2009. I thought that was weird, because... <laughs> Beers from 2009 don't generally taste good in 2011. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've, I've, I think I have a Yingling in the you fridge. Do. You have a Yingling from, like, a year ago, right? It's, no, it's, I think it's more than a year now. Oh, it's, my God. It's one day. One day we're going to drink that skunky, that skunky, like skunky Yingling. <laughs> it was already smelly fart beer to begin with, so. It's in a green bottle. You guys know my opinions on that. <laughs> yeah. Best brewed to find commemorate the 50th anniversary of the something of our factory and affectionately named after an old speckled hen 
<laughs> An old car used as a factory runaround. The old speckled hen. A satisfyingly balanced ale with a smooth, rich, multi-taste, perfect for every occasion, great with friends and food, or just your old friend. Drink it on the go. I was starting to make stuff up at the end. How many eggs out of a dozen? I'm gonna give it ten. I'm gonna give it ten, and then like an extra one because it's in a clear bottle. No, see, like, uh, you ever have like the egg that you can't use because it's got like a little baby chicken growing inside of it? (laughs) When you hold up the light, it's got like an extra one of those going. You're losing me. What? You're losing me. You guys don't know anything about eggs, do you? How much of that? How much of that old speckled hen did you drink? A lot, but it's but it's only like five point two percent, which is normal for beers, so. You know, uh, is this is this a an English beer? Yes, like a Wait, real. That's not strong or fine. <laughs> I thought it was quite fine. It's totally fine. Whoa, this has like weird alcohol warnings on it. Oh, it's from it has it has a picture of a lady with a with a pregnant bump and then like a cross through it, yeah. like, like a no pregnant, <laughs> no pregnant girl, no pregnant no girls. Fatties. No, does that mean wait? So is that beer like is it that actually kind of like, like you drink a bunch of that? Look at the picture; it kind of actually looks like no fatties, like no fatties, <laughs> no fat chicks. Yeah, no fat chicks. Like you gotta you gotta be more specific than that. Disclaimer: Scrubland is not actually like against how they fat have Drink sensibly, written in like almost illegible scrawl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, this, like they wrote it drunk. That's like, how you write. That's how you write in English, right? Make it work, look look normal. I guess. <laughs> Old speckled hen, real good, real really good. I'll give I'll give it ten and a half eggs. Nice. I mean, one of the eggs you can't use. So right. I, I mean, yeah, it's like I mean, ele- it's, it's like eleven with one you can't use. Sure. So that's like one less than a baker's dozen, or it's two less than a baker's dozen. But there's still enough eggs to make an omelet for everyone on the Scrubland podcast. Yay! I take five. Oh, there, eggs you in my omelets. there you go. There you go. I ain't trying to be here all day. <laughs> Thank you, old. A beer of a backstory. All right. You don't. You don't want to have an old speckled omelet. <laughs> uh, you know what? A beer omelet sounds interesting. That does sound interesting. Bomblet. <laughs> oh, Cassie's already. Oh, Cassie, you're a whiskey man, though. You don't want. You don't want to do that. You want a whiskey omelet. All right, we getting out of here. It is definitely about that time, guys. Yeah. Find us on Scrubland Podcast uh, at gmail.com or Scrubland Podcast on Facebook. I oh. had what? <laughs> that was he, he just crazy. Shocking! Shocking! <laughs> a strange was, outburst. Uh, we don't. We don't want to talk about spoilers. We don't want. To talk about we don't want to talk about spoilers. We're not talking about spoilers. Oh, Never. guys. What, what should you do on the, the... No, let's do it. Let's do it. What should you do on this? Oh, uh, so as I was looking at some of these Scrubland tokens, I realized that uh, we we got a new batch of the Scrubland podcast uh, business card tokens printed up, and I realized that these ones are slightly different than the first batch. So yeah. if you guys have first edition business card, because th- these business cards are getting phased out. The next time we print them, they're going to be de- different. They're going to have something else entirely. So we actually are, are ending up with alpha, beta uh, cards. Business cards. <laughs> and I'm like, if you guys already have them, good for you. But these are these are getting phased out. So, you know. Collectors items. We know all you guys at home are just like, whatever. You know, I use that as the coasters nope. or whatever. But no, remember. Oh, I just threw one in some people, water. <laughs> that, when Magic first came out, they were giving out booster packs for free. People were just tossing them in the trash. So just yep. remember, 20 years from now, yep. when uh, these Alpha Scrubland podcast tokens are worth, you know, $1,000, I $2,000 on the secondary market, you're going to really kick yourself. You're going to kick yourself stockpile. for wiping your butt with these. I yep. think, I, I think <laughs> I've picking only got your like teeth. <laughs> I've only got five and I'm not giving them out. We, Sorry, guys. I've still got like half a box. Yeah, we still what? have that box that can No, that's sec- that's, those are beta, those are second event. Uh, yeah, those are beta. Uh, original edition, we have only... I don't think... How you, different are they? What you didn't, they you didn't like? get any alpha versions. It's, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a faint line going across the skull in the, in the beta versions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. does uh, he does not have a box at home. They are very, very rare. They're, they're, they're super very rare. rare. Yeah. So uh, uh, disregard what you said. Basically, the only way you could have gotten these was at the Richmond Invitational. Yeah. So just basically, does not have a box at home. They're extremely short supply. So just hold on the ones oh, you have. I, al- I also mailed out like a very limited number of them to some people in Pennsylvania and New York State. Yeah. You're uh, very because, lucky if you got one because we were offering them for free. Like and the I only people who asked yeah. for it. I only no, I only got two emails. And I sent those <laughs> off. So. 
No, he, he got. He means two thousand emails. It was a lottery to decide who got. <laughs> yeah. Burroughs doesn't even have one. Nah, that's how I, rare they are. I didn't even win my you own didn't even get business card. I mean, nope. If you yeah, send me, that'd be a ten. I don't have a shirt. What the hell? Mm, I Sorry. didn't order them for fat people. You're too fat. Oh. I can wear an XL. All right, you can wear an XL. Yeah. Well, then let's get the card. All right. Well, guys, uh, the Scrubland podcast is getting a website. I'm working on it this week. It'll be up by next week. Uh, you can visit. Uh, do I want to give the address out? I don't know. Like, it's a work in progress. Yeah, so. Let's just wait. Let's just wait. If you're really clever, I guess you can You probably figure it out. It, it probably has the word scrub land in it. <laughs> thanks just, for... Uh, just saying. Thanks for listening. We're going to go out, uh, undress Casby outside. Ooh. Get the scrub land shirt on him. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice surly night outside. Scrubland Podcast, gmail.com. Scrubland Podcast on Facebook. Everybody, <laughs> you have a wonderful night. See you around. <laughs> <laughs>